October the 28th and 29th here at the Harvest Worship Center, a Saturday and a Sunday. Saturday evening at 7 o'clock, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., and then Sunday evening at 6 p.m. You do not want to miss these services with Perry Stone here at the Harvest Worship Center, 21-25 Jeb Stewart Highway in Stewart, Virginia. So come on out and be a part of these powerful services. Need it, please sign up with cooking. Let Cherie Nicholson know if you can assist with setup, serving, or cleaning up after. So she has plenty of help. And you guys have been good to do that, and we thank you. Divas meeting will be Saturday, November the 11th at 10 a.m. at the Fellowship Hall. This will uh, message will be celebrating all things November, Christmas. The speaker will be Cherie Wood. Holiday refreshments will be provided along with time together making Christmas ornaments. So that'll be a, a good time of fellowship for you ladies. Also, this Wednesday night, very special announcement. The praise team will be getting here at 6 o'clock. We will be practicing from 6 to 8. Uh, I think the shoeboxes are going to be made down in the fellowship hall from 7 to, to whenever they get done. So they'll be doing that. We will be having a praise service. If you care to remain here from 7 to 8 while we are uh, finished practicing, we're just going to continue to praise and praise God and get a two-hour worship into the Lord from 6 to 8. So that's what we'll be doing Wednesday. So we hope to see you there. Uh, any other announcement? I think I've covered it all. Amen. Let's all stand together. Everybody get that? Did we miss anything? All right. Well, let's pray and invite the presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. How many excited about Perry Stone coming? Amen. How many excited about Jesus coming? <laughs> How many excited about just being alive? It's good to have Brother and Sister Hughes back with us today from Colum back from yes. Columbia. Amen. Yes, amen. And... Uh, had some great meetings over there. A lot of people got saved and healed and delivered. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's pray and ask the Lord today to just come and have his way. And I know he's going to do great things. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you this morning. We thank you for the privilege of being in your house. Lord, as we pray, we lift up the nation of Israel today before you. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We ask, O oh God, in heaven that you will stand for your people there, Lord, and strengthen them. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would release strategies and God wisdom and understanding and knowledge, Lord, to them, Father. Lord, that there would be a swift victory, Father, that comes, Father, in this during this time and this war. We ask, O oh God, that, Lord, many Muslims will turn to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that, Lord, that this adversary, Hamas, Father God, will be wiped out in Jesus' name. We pray, Heavenly Father, that they will be no more. We ask, O oh God, in heaven, that, Lord, that you will touch our nation. We pray, Heavenly Father, that there will be an awakening of people in the name of Jesus to see and understand. Lord, what time it is on your timetable. Time, Lord, it's time for the rapture. Time, Lord God in heaven. And Lord, we're living in the end times. And I pray, Father God, that every heart will be turned toward you. When you said in your word, Lord, when we see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, know that the end or the destruction is nigh. 
And Father, we look to you today, thanking you for your strength and your touch. I ask you to move up on your people today, God. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering this morning as we worship together. Amen. And invite you down to the front. Amen. Let's give God some worship this morning. Amen. What is He in, what is in store for us today? What does He have for us today? His blessings are daily. Amen. He is so good. So we just celebrate Him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The splendor of the King Clothed in let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our
we just call out to you, our God, Jehovah. Oh, there is none higher than you. You fight our battles, amen. Jehovah Nisi fights your battles. 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 Yeah. Jehovah Nisi fights your battles. Jehovah Shara meets your need. Jehovah Rapha heal your body. Jehovah Shalom be your peace. Yeah. Jehovah Nisi fights your battles. Jehovah Rapha, heal your body. Jehovah Shalom, be your peace. Yeah. Call the name. Call the name. Call the name. Jehovah. All our praise. All our praise. All our to a podcast this week and he was talking about worship and his definition of worship was surrender and obedience that's perfect worship perfect worship is when you lay down your life and take up his life that he has for you when you surrender to his will when you surrender everything in you all of your wants and all of your desires and you say, right here I am, Lord. I surrender. Amen. Can we just do that as a sign? Can we just lift up both our hands to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and say, we surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to you. Did you know that he's got such a big plan for this area, for this region? We've got to wrap our minds around it. But first of all, we've got to wrap our spirit around it. We've got to get it. We've got to get it. God has an agenda for this area. He's got an agenda for this region, and he wants to use this church. He wants to use each one of us to do something that has never been done. Never been done, never been seen. Did you know just inviting someone to serve us, maybe next Sunday, we could double the size of this place in no time. It's about souls. That is what it's about. Jesus is the soul winner. And we've got to become soul winners. And I just pray right now over each and every person in here, I pray, God, that you would open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our spirits, oh God.
to that desire that you have. Put that burning hunger inside of us, God, to win souls, to yes. bring someone into this church. Yes. God, to get that person on the job or that person that we, we come in contact with that we haven't seen in a long time. God, get them. Get them by the Spirit of God. We declare that in the name of the Lord. If you haven't been here on Tuesday night prayer meeting lately, you're missing it. We're calling out. To the north, south, east, and west, that eyes would be open and that hearts would be turned. It's time to stop doing what we normally do and step into that place where we've never been before. Mm. because I'll tell you what the spirit of God is waiting on us we're not waiting on him he's waiting on us get us Lord that's my prayer this morning get us get us Lord give us dreams that shake us who was that man that was this, over the Salvation Army that prayed that his, his guys would dangle over hell for 24 hours? Yes. That it would change their mind. That they would get a, yes. a vision of the pit, if you will. That'll open your eyes. Real quick. God, get us. Get us, Lord. Get us, Lord. Get us, Lord. Can we just pray right here? Amen. Just pray in the Spirit, oh God. Get us, Lord. Oh, we want what you bring, Holy Spirit. We want what you do, Holy Spirit. We want your words. And we want your songs. And we want your fire, Lord. We want your fire, Lord. We ask you for that. We ask you for rain in the time of rain. Yes. Mm. Rain in the time of rain. It's raining in this place. It's raining in this region. It's raining in this place. It's raining in this region. It's raining in this place. It's raining in this region. Pour it out. Pour out your spirit. Joel 2 and 28, you said you would. You would. You would. Pour out your spirit on our sons and our daughters. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord.
washed in his blood and while he did for me on Calvary is more than enough I trust in
It is forever settled in the heavens. That that you said will accomplish. That that you said it will do. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You come my raging sea. 
this morning I speak the healing of the Lord over this place I don't care what you've been told mm. I don't care what the situation is I don't care how long it's been I speak healing he is the healer Oh, he is the healer. It doesn't matter if you smoked your whole life and you've got a problem in your lungs. He's the healer. Yes. It doesn't matter. If you cause something to come upon you. Come on. He's the healer. Yes. He's the one that can walk into that room yes, in your heart and say, peace be still. Yes. He's the one that says, be healed. Your faith has made you whole. All yeah. you need is just a little bit. And he gave every man that. Did you know that you have the same faith in you that he gave the apostles? It's in you. Yes. It's in you. So we declare your healing this morning in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Just receive that. Yes. Just receive that in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Tanya received that for your mama this morning. Amen. Whew, I feel it. You receive it. Everyone receive it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. Wow, it's good to have Becky and Terry here uh, today. Becky lost her father this week. Terry lost her brother, Stanley, I believe. Um, Vicki and Bill Hutchins, as many of you know, Vicki, uh, lost Leon, her dad, this week. We have Peggy sitting back here, just got back from Maryland, who, who lost Alita Lancaster. Alida, I want to say Alita, Alida Lancaster, which was Peggy's mom. She was 90, 93. Well, I can tell you one thing, Peggy. We had to go babysit my dad while you were gone. And my goodness, I think you have spoiled him. I mean, when the, the drink bottle would get just a wee bit low, Tanya, Sister Truth. Now, Peggy already has one sitting here. I mean, so, so Tanya was there doing a few things, and she, boy, she got it, went to the refrigerator. Oh, she already has them fixed up. They're already in there. And Peggy does this, and Peggy does that. And I'm like, well, I'll do the best your baby daughter can do, Daddy. <laughs> but we have took care of him. We, we, we have. And he kept saying, is she back? Is she back? Daddy, I don't know. I'm not going to bother. And he loves you guys. Yeah, he misses you, but he loves you guys. He calls so many of you out by name. Uh, Doug and Patricia call, talks about you guys all the time. Um, every one of you, uh, Lisa and David, went to see him, and that was so special. And, and they got some family history while they were there that they probably didn't, too much information, but that's okay. That, that's family. We, what stays on Preston, what happened in that Preston house stays in the Preston house, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we had a time. God bless you. The worship was powerful this morning. His presence is still here. It's still here, and it's wonderful. My God, it's wonderful. Uh, ushers, if you'll come. We have some little buckets here that, because I know what, these little plates aren't going to work this weekend. So if you want to experiment with the buckets this morning, go ahead. <laughs> we'll do a trial run of practice. And... Uh, Fill those babies up. Yeah, that's right. Well, I believe uh, Prophet Kenneth Hughes said we'd need trash cans before it was over with. <laughs> well, these are a, a start of a trash can. There you go. <laughs> and it's good to have Kenneth and Marlene back from Columbia. I know when you go to a place and minister, your heart, piece of your heart stays there. And you miss them. It's like family, you know. And uh, But anyway, we love you guys. And I hope some of your heart's here too because we're family too. We missed you guys. Oh, me. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to call on your name. Thank you so much for the opportunity to give. And we thank you that this house knows how to give. They take care of their speakers. They take care of, of the grounds. They take care of their pastor. They take care of needs. They take care of everything whenever it arises. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you that this is good ground. And, Lord, that this gospel is going. I thank you for the Operation Christmas Child that will be taking place and getting it all ready Wednesday night. I thank you for that outreach. I thank you for what we're getting ready to do to help the Israelis and the Israel and how we're planting seed there, Father God. And, Lord, I just thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, please, God, we don't have to beg, but I do say please, out of respect only, Father, not because I'm begging. Please help Israel, Father. Help them to win this thing quickly. 
And Father God, the propaganda and all the lies and all that is delusional in this nation. Oh God, stomp it. Stomp it in the name of Jesus. Lord, how can we be so deceived? Oh God, are we under judgment, Father? Sometimes I wonder, are we that deceived that we've turned so far, God, that we're deceived? God, help us. Help us, Father, have mercy because there are those of us that are standing for you in this nation and we're not deceived and we don't believe the lies. So have mercy because of us, we pray. And God bless Jerusalem. I pray for peace there and I pray for it all over. Let Gaza be done and done quickly. And we sow seed according to that. Mm -hmm. As we plant it, we sow seed that it will happen quickly, quickly and not be a drawn out thing. And Hamas will be ripped from the face of this earth and never be again. Never sprout up again in the name of Jesus. Mm. And everybody see it. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand this morning. Good to see you in God's house. Amen. I said good to see you in God's house. Amen. Amen. Psalm 137. Psalm 137. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. The Bible says, Along the banks of Babylon's rivers we sat as exiles, mourning our captivity, and wept with great love for Zion. Our music and mirth were no longer heard, only sadness. We hung up our harps on the willow trees. Our captors tormented us, saying, Make music for us and sing one of your happy Zion songs. But how can, could we sing the song of the Lord in this foreign wilderness? Father, we thank you for your word today and ask you in the name of Jesus to come and touch our hearts and our minds. Holy Spirit, we say we desperately need your touch today. Father, we trust you, look to you. Father, we especially pray for the nation of Israel today for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, Father, over America. Father, the Jewish population that is here. And Lord, you know all the adversary that stirred up every work of the enemy. Lord, we bind that in Jesus' name. 
We bind the spirit of fear, bind the spirit of torment, bind the spirit of delusion in Jesus' name. And Father, we ask right now that, Lord, that your truth will resound. Father God, into the ears of people, give them ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And Father, we pray for an awakening across this land. May every university experience the power of God. And Father, may every young person that's been deceived come to the saving knowledge of the truth. Let there be light, O oh God, over this nation. And Father, we ask today that, Lord, that every stronghold of the enemy will be shattered, brought to naught in the name of Jesus. And Father, we proclaim and declare, Father God, your kingdom come and your will be done in this nation and the nations of the earth. Give you thanks for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You may be seated this morning. The King James says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. I want to read this again from the Passion. Along the banks of Babylon's rivers, we sat as exiles, mourning our captivity and wept with great love for Zion. I was reading, as I was reading that, it began to stand out to me. The Spirit of the Lord began to quicken me about this line that's in this scripture. By the rivers, everybody say the rivers, by the rivers. And I never thought about this before, and I was thinking about those, Babel, about those Israelites, the Jewish people that were in Babylonian captivity. One of the things that you find out about this song is that they're mourning over something that they lost. They're mourning over something that they let go, something that did not happen overnight because we understand that when you read historically throughout the Scripture, especially in the book of Judges and throughout the Kings and the Chronicles of the Kings, you find out that Israel slipped away from worshiping the one true God. Same thing happens with you and me. We slip away. Little by little, we let go. We give place to the enemy. And I was thinking about in this first verse when he says, by the rivers, because this morning we've been in the river. I said this morning we've been in the river. I believe sometime that we forget how to appreciate that river that God sends our way when we begin to wade in it, when we begin to swim in it. It's not until you lose something or that it drifts by or you no longer have it that you begin to realize, man, I've lost something. Something has happened with me. 
You know, sometimes death can happen instantly. But it's like the Scripture says, we perish day by day. Sometimes sickness can be something that's long and drawn out before one passes away. I believe today in America and by large in our world that there's a lot of sin sickness that people don't even know that they have. And I believe that death rattles have set in without even knowing what's going on in the, within, inside, within inside of them. And so this is a powerful song by the rivers of Babylon. But I'm thinking about that as they were sitting there because they're remembering something. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down, we wept when we remembered Zion. I believe it goes that way lots of times even with church people that how that people that are backslidden sometime and don't even realize it. Once had the fire, no longer have it, and you get cold and, and indifferent, and sometimes you get involved in all the uh, you know, religiosity and all the churchonomics and all the different things that goes with religious regalia, all the things that exist within a church and you can stand and sing the songs. You can, you can pay your tithe. You can come to church and sit there. And then all of a sudden, without even realizing that, hey, I am cold and indifferent toward God. I'm just, I'm just serving him religiously. Have you got that thing ready? Good. I have a little video clip that I want to show you this morning. And it's just 30, I think it's around 37 seconds long. Make sure that volume is pumped up because it's kind of poor. This is something that I filmed off of Flashpoint the other night, and I wanted to capture that and just share it with you today. All right? Go ahead and play that. Right. Listen, I want to show you this indoctrination video uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, and then I'm going to show you where it's from. Uh, it's just 37 seconds. It's a little disturbing. But I want you to watch what's going on with these kids. Play it. you caught that did everybody catch that I'll be your soldier I'll die for you these little kids being indoctrinated in a madrasa teach being taught how to hate Americans how to hate Israel yes how to hate the church of Jesus Christ are, are you listening to me and so this is just one school 
Everybody say one. One school. One school. How many more there are across our nation, God only knows. But I think it's quite evident that when you see all the universities and even high schools now that are out in the streets demonstrating, saying death to Israel, death to America, and the other nations are starting to get in on this, that we, we know that something is escalating in the spirit. Let that sink in just a little bit. While thousands pour across our borders, we need God. I said we need God. Every chair in this church ought to be full. In light of October the 7th, if anybody had a brain, by the rivers, we sat down. Yea, we wept and wept, one translation says. When we remembered Zion, the church. I know that's a sobering thing, but I want that to sink down in you today in light of where I'm going. It's heavy. I feel the heaviness. And I know you guys are the choir. I see this thing in all the nations that I've seen. How could something like that happen in America? First of all, I believe if you're going to be an American, be one. American was, America was built up on Judeo-Christian principles. Our founding fathers made covenant with Almighty God, put crosses up and had worship services. It's a clear fact that even with our founding fathers and in our leadership, our Congress and our Senate with our governors and our state heads and so forth, through all the leadership that exists in our nation, that our founding fathers never, never, intended for anyone outside the faith of Christ to be in leadership in our nation. Not like I say, don't write me a, a letter in crayon, go seek it out. It's true because you cannot lead a nation that's founded on Judeo-Christian principles and believe in another God. That's a good place to say amen. or to have a foundation in you that's full of hatred toward Christianity. I'm like, why are you in my nation? Why are you here? When you come here, you should leave your devils in your nation. Leave your demons behind. Leave your gods behind. Because that's what America's all about. Freedom of religion. 
not freedom from religion. But when we talk about religion, I'm talking about in the good sense of being a child of God, a Christian, someone who believes in the Bible. I think that probably in the body of Christ for many, many years now, and I can look back, you know, over, over many, many years ago when I first started preaching and, and preaching revivals and, and meetings and, and then pastoring and, and so forth and different ministries, I can tell that there's a difference in the atmosphere and in the temperature in the church of Jesus Christ in America. Because one of the things we've learned to do is we've learned to love concerts and we've learned to love meetings and we've learned to love seminars and we have stuffed ourselves full of just things that want to give us a break and cause us to feel better. Can someone give me a word right now that will inspire me? Is there somebody prophetic that I can go to? that can speak something over me that will massage me in my present condition. I want to tell you today, my friend, if you're that kind of person, you're in a danger zone to begin with. Because number one, you need to understand one thing. While we float around and do dumb stuff, the devil is on his watch and he's very busy trying to bring destruction to the body of Christ in a big way. Because the major thing that Jesus says about the church, he said, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. I like to take that scripture and look at it in the sense of how that people do not realize that what the church's function is, first of all, is to pray and stay the powers of darkness and pull down the strongholds of evil and cause there to be such light within the nation that stuff like that's on that video cannot happen. Because when you've got a red-hot, on-fire church that really understands that it comes into a community or into a region and that it's there to burn for Jesus and burn out, burn out all the false stuff and be such a bright and burning light that there is no place for a demon to hang out. That, that's better preaching than you're letting on. Is that the church understands what we're here for. We're here... As Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. False religion is the gate of hell. Radical Islam is the gate of hell. What's happening in Israel is the gate of hell. What's happening on our universities are gates of hell. And only the church of Jesus Christ can do something about that. Only the God that we serve. Somebody say, how, did I, how, do, how do I do something like that? We do it through prevailing prayer. We do it through prevailing in prayer with God. Come on, somebody, that when we seek him, that we, we, we're wanting him to move across this nation. Listen, the enemy has the world so tied up in all of its dogma and all of its business and, and all of its p political power and all the things that exist out there with the leisure and all the different things that the church is so caught up in the world and so caught up in the fashions, 
so caught up in all that the enemy wants us to get caught up in. We have very little time to think about, could that happen in Houston, Texas? Could that happen in New York City? Could that happen in Michigan? Could it happen in the, in the tri- triad of Carolina? Could it happen, you know, in Virginia? Could it happen? I want to say yes, it could happen, and it is happening, and I think it's by and large that the church has lost her compass inside and isn't focused upon what she's supposed to be focused on. Come on. We got to quit. We have to quit and get to the place where we quit licking our wounds and want somebody to massage our hurts and rise up and say, I am healed by the stripes on Jesus Christ's back. I refuse to be under this thing that Satan wants me to be under. I am going to be like Jesus. And I'm not advocating that you hit the streets and yell and scream at Palestinians. I'm not advocating that you, that you murder other people that are of a different faith. I'm advocating that we get a hold of the God of heaven until the glory of God comes and is made manifest. And that Isaiah 60 becomes that reality. Darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people, but the Lord will rise upon you, the church, the body of believers, and his glory shall be seen upon you, and the Gentiles will come to your light. We have to begin to realize that Jesus has given us something. He's given us himself, his life, his presence, his power, his joy, his peace, his goodness. We have to unplug from Babylon. It's ways. It's fashions. And we have to be transformed by the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. Come on. By the rivers of Babylon. See, if the enemy... If, we're, if we are captivated by the enemy or become captive by the enemy, let's just say right now, right now, before October the 7th, there are people that were living in Israel that never would have thought that October the 7th would have come, much less the 14th, much less what's happening right now. You look, at, you look within Gaza and you look at the other cities and how they're being devastated and leveled, all because of an enemy called Hamas. Hezbollah, real enemies. Isn't it amazing how but when you look back through history and you see that same demonic entity, that same power, whether it's Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, or whatever you want to name it, because we've turned it a little bit of everything, the ancient Assyrians who were masters at torment, anybody who had cut babies' heads off, rape and murder women. They found this one lady. They, they said that they actually, when they did the DNA, when doing the X-ray to try to find out, they found out it was a mother and a daughter that were bound together and their pelvic bones are broken. And yet this demonic power has the audacity to get up in our campuses and in our universities and scream free Palestine. I've got news for them. Palestine is as free as Palestine wants to be. They're the one that voted Hamas as their leadership. And America has the problems that she's got because we voted the pres- this present president as our leader. And if I could go back two years, I would say, check it out. What do you want? 
But this is what needs to happen more than anything else is that the God that the God that made the Hebrew people, the God that founded America, our God is the God that needs to be turned back to. Somebody say amen. It's amazing to me how that we hear all the different speeches that are being given and how we need to do this and how we need to do that and how we need to defund this and how we need to use this strategy. I've got the main one, and it is turn back to God, repent of our sin, ask him to have mercy upon us, and maybe he will give us favor and turn to us again. I was telling Deborah, I said, you know, I said, whether anybody wants to believe it or not, I said, if, if we're not under judgment, I don't know what judgment is. We got mass confusion in Washington, D.C. We have mass confusion in our states. We have mass confusion in our schools. We have mass confusion in many homes. Mass confusion. Babylon is confusion. That's because we're in the bed with the whore of Babylon. That's because we've been serving the world and not serving God in his holiness. Do you understand? If we were to go back to the beginning of time and look why, God, did you destroy the earth the first time? It was because God was wanting to protect the righteous seed from being contaminated by demonic powers and influence. And so it has been down through history that when they went into those Canaanite nations, God was working to preserve the seed. Thank God. I don't even know how he was able to do it, but he did. And I would say today that we are here as the church, we're born again not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed. That seed that was placed in us when we were born again changed our lives. It is Jesus Christ. Somebody say, it is Jesus Christ. That when he saved you, when he, changed, when he changed your life, when you came to the altar, and I think it's so different now that when people come to the altar, I remember, man, when I got born again, I came under a burden of sin. I knew I was on my way to hell. I didn't come to apologize to God. I come because I didn't want to go to hell, and I knew that somebody by the name of Jesus died on a cross for me and shed his life's blood for me, and whatever I had to do to come to that altar and get out from under that burden of sin, I was willing to do that and I didn't come and say I apologize God when I came to that altar I meant business I was changed I don't even know how to explain it but I was not the same person that I was all it took was a trip from the back to the front to kneeling to the altar and he took Babylon out of me and put heaven inside of me and if you got something different when you were born again you got a faulty experience with God and a lot of people come down and apologize, but they never change. The thing about Christianity and receiving Christ, it's all about change. You're a new creation. Old things, old things, old things are passed away. All things are become new. When you get saved, when you get delivered, when you get born again, and listen to those three words, another one is rescued. When you are delivered from the powers of darkness, you are translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. You are moved from darkness into light. And man, it is like a light coming on. Because you realize what you came out of. 
And then when you get into the Word of God and you begin to read or you go to church and you get plugged in and I don't understand people, they get saved and you never see them in God's house. No wonder you want to drink. No wonder you want to dope. No wonder you want to lay around. You didn't continue on to know the Lord Jesus. If you really get saved, you're going to have a desire to follow his heart. If you're really born again, you're going to want to be in God's house. If you're really born again, you're going to want to pray. And you're going to want to do right. You're going to get into divine alignment because you understand, i got to die because if I don't die, then he can't live through me. But what the church wants to do is we want to go back to the old ways. We want to return to our vomit. We want to return to the mire of the hog pen. We want to return to that. You know why? Because we drift back unknowingly because we, we hang out in the world. We work with the world. We do what the world does. We, we hang on to its fashions and its ways. Oh, my God. See, I could go back historically and probably tell you some things that would flip you out, but historically, the reason that the world is in the shape of, listen, listen to what I'm going to tell you. Listen to what I'm going to say. God's people didn't know the work and the art of darkness until man fell in sin and until, until the earth became polluted and messed up by these demonic powers and these, these, these fallen angels that came and sowed this stuff into the earth and these demonic spirits taught people the garbage that we're involved in right now. When you get born again, you get delivered from that darkness. When you get saved, you get loosed from it. Come on. I don't have to look at the pornography anymore. I don't have to drink anymore. I don't have to dope anymore. There's something that changed on the inside of me, and I got loose from the chains of it. You probably won't like what I'm going to say, but listen, every time that you get inked up, every time that you get pierced through, you're opening the doors for demonic powers, my friend. And the more the church gets involved in that kind of a desire, the more darkness that comes into the body. I said it because nobody else wants to, and that's just the way that it is. Now clap your hands if you believe that. Amen. We do stuff, but we never ask God. We never ask God. God, can I do this? If I shouldn't do it, why shouldn't I do it? And you know what he'll say? Go read my book. Well, that's the law. Well, then why even have a Bible? Because every New Testament scripture comes out of this old one right here. You know what Jesus did for you? He took the sting out of your death. He took the death code out of the law so that they wouldn't drag your fornicating, adulterating, dope-taking life down and stone you at the local quarry. Thank God the handwritings and ordinances that were against me were nailed to the cross. Thank God for his grace. But his grace is not an occasion for me to sin. His grace is an empowered for me to say, I don't need it, don't want it, don't want to ever smell it, take it, touch it, get it out of my presence. Because why? I am holy. The Holy One lives inside of me. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. There's no room in here for an idol or a demon God. There's no, nothing, no room in here for anything that the world has. Come on, somebody. I have to unplug from Babylon. Listen to what they said. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. See, they didn't get awoken. They didn't get woke until they were sitting at the riverbank because I said, we're God's people. Nobody can take us captive. Nobody can ever do that to us. 
And so you see reoccurring themes in the scripture that they sinned after the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who put up the calves and put up the sex shrines and and did all this lewd worship and, and got involved in all the homosexuality and got involved in the immorality and did not serve the God of heaven but worshiped the stars of heaven, yada, 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 on and on and on. And you know what? God's, God's would always send prophets by to thunder a word to them. Wake up, you're going into captivity. You're floating down the river toward hell. Wake up. Because when you're drifting, when you're drifting, when you're drifting, listen, when you're drifting, it's almost undetected. I'm reminded of a, of a few young men that were on a certain river a few years back. And they were fishing. And they had warning signs up. And their boat was drifting little by little by little by little till all of a sudden it got caught in a pull. No motor on the boat, just oars. They couldn't get free. And as a result, they drowned. Now, I know that those young men that were on that boat, if they had thought to themselves, man, we got to be careful. We got to watch the signs because if we don't, we're going to drift beyond the point of no return and we're going to lose our lives. Isn't it the same way with church people? We don't watch the signs, and Jesus has given us a ton of signs. We just keep on drifting. Somebody will come by and preach and thunder a sign. We'll read the Bible, hear a sign. God will deal, the Holy Ghost will deal with us. We'll see people and we'll see other people that are on fire and they'll convict our lives. Come on now. But yet we continue drifting in coldness and indifference because we don't see the need. We come to church when we want to. We pay our tithe when we want to. We pray when we want to. We support God when we want to support God, and it's usually when we're in trouble, just like Israel. When they got in trouble, they came running back. Did you know there came a time with Israel that God said to them, hey, don't call on me. Go call on those gods you've been praying to. See, this is important to understand today that in light of where we are in America, how could our sons and daughters be on campuses enraged against the God of Israel? How could they be chanting their chants, destroy America, destroy Israel? How could they be so full of hatred? And on top of that, let's just back up a few months. How could they have transgenderism? How could they have, uh, you know, the the molesters and and the rapists and the people that uh, that hate God up teaching in their universities? transvestites you talk about the trans community I'm talking about that is confusion that is Babylon that is Babylon but yet we will go home and we will turn on the television and we will watch sitcoms that have to do with transgenderism homosexuals lesbians listen I know that this is not going to be popular when it goes out through the airways and we may we may get taken off and it's called hate speech no this is love speech because number one those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven I'm warning you today 
that God will not allow you to go to heaven if you're involved in that kind of a lifestyle. He loves you. He cares for you. He sent his son Jesus that while you were yet in your sin and still are in your sin, his son died for you. He made Jesus to become that sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. They sat by the rivers. They went into Babylonian captivity. They're sitting on the riverbanks. And now they're remembering. Oh, I wish I, wished I could be in Arbor's Worship Center in one of those services. I wished, I wished that I could just be in a revival service. I wished that I could hear Alan lead one of those songs. I wished I could hear Travis play that guitar. I wished I could hear Jennifer play the keyboard. I wished I could, you know, I wished I could be in that. See, that's what Babylon does. The devil has but one thing on his mind. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy he wants to rip your life apart. He wants to take the things from you that you love the dearest in life. He wants to take you down to the lowest point. He'll promise you everything but never give you anything but pain and hurt and sorrow and misery. So they went into captivity because they thought that it could never happen to them. America is a prideful nation and we think that it can never happen to us while our armies are growing weaker and weaker and weaker and it's a known fact because nobody wants to fight the fight anymore. Nobody seems to have the heart. China, China is muscling itself up. North Korea is muscling itself up. Iran is mustering and bolstering its own arsenals. Come on now, we talk about people that hate America. And yet we have a leadership that all they can do is argue and fuss with one another. Talk about, you know, well, I'm going to make a way so you can still murder that baby. Come on. That's what they're trying to just try to figure anything out. We're going to fix it where if any preacher gets up and preaches, it'll be called hate speech and we can just, we'll lock them up. We're going to do anything we can to cancel everything that you don't agree with. Listen, if you destroy the, the voice of truth, there will be no future. But you'll never destroy truth. Truth always outlives everything. I'm not talking about long lost facts. I'm talking about the truth that the foundations of the world were built upon. By the rivers of confusion. You know, I got so caught up in in, in, in all these phallic statues and, and sexual immorality and, 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 and sacrificing babies and, and I got so caught up in all this stuff, this lewdness and lawlessness, I got so caught up in that, you know, and it made my flesh feel so good. I didn't realize that I was that far gone. You think you want to taste that drug? May be the last one you ever taste. May be the first and the last one. I wish I could remember the name of the drug that they said that Hamas was taking in Hezbollah. It's it's a Kappa something, Kappa something. 
They call it poor man's cocaine. They captured one of these young men, and this young man was coming off of the drug. He was fidgety and sitting there. He was saying, they give us these drugs, he said, because we feel superhuman. We're just so energized. We can stay up for days and weeks, and we can fight, and we don't care about anything. Look at your Bible. It's called pharmakia. You can find it in the book of Genesis. You can find it in Paul's writings in the New Testament. And what Babylon is about is about you drinking that wine and that you can get drugged up and so that you won't know what you're doing. Somebody say, I don't believe that. Ask Jacob. Amen. Ask Jacob. Ask David. Ask Noah. See, they got so drunk and messed up, they didn't know they had married the wrong woman. They didn't know that their, one of their sons was sexually molesting them. Are you listening to me? Bad things happen when you drink. I said bad things happen when you drink. There's nothing good that happens when you drink. Nothing good happens when you get on drugs. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat down. They had no desire to continue on. No desire to move forward. You know why? Because all they could remember was what those prophets had said. God said, turn now. God said, straighten up now. God said, turn to me now. God says, you're going into captivity. You can change it now. You can do something about it right now. You don't have to go in this direction. You don't have to fall into this trap that the enemy has laid for you. Mm -hmm. Listen. See, when you got voices around you that are speaking to everything except for the cause, which is sin, it's a dangerous place. Listen, I, I hear prophets. All they know how to do is bless, 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 bless. God's going to bless you. God's going to do this. God's going to bless that. And God's going to get, you know, you're going to have the greatest this and the greatest that. And, and you know, praise God, you're going you're gonna to get up in the morning. Your car's going to wash itself and your dishes are going to be clean. And you're going to look in your bank account and it's going to be busting out at the sides. You're going to have all this stuff going on. Somewhere, I, I believe God is saying something about straighten up. Wake up. Get in my house. Pray. I don't want you to go into captivity. I don't want you to be lost. I don't want you to be in that condition. But if you'll turn to me, I can change it. You hear very few voices saying that stuff. See, we have to choose to stand. We have to choose to be faithful. We have to choose to speak out. When there's a lie, when there's something false, when something's wrong, when something's going on in the church. If you hear somebody saying, well, I'm listening to this preacher on television. I won't, I, you know, I'll be the first to say, Joseph Prince has a lot of good things to say, but he's messed up on grace. And some of you have drank that cup. That doesn't mean that I don't think he's my brother in the Lord. I think he's in gross error where grace is concerned. 
I do. I don't care how big his church is. I don't know how great he is. How many books he's written. That doesn't qualify you for anything. It qualifies you to be dangerous. It's what it qualifies you for. Dear Lord, help me, Jesus. Mm. You see, Israel's righteousness and righteous people were silent to those around them. It's just like in the universities, and I watched this one Jewish girl. It was kind of heartbreaking. She said, I'm Jewish, I'm Israeli. She said, but I am afraid to say anything because I'm afraid of what they will do to me on a college campus. They had two other girls, I think I shared this with you last week, that were begging one of the campus leaders, one of the, the president or whoever was over it, to please do something. They're talk, they want to kill us. And we have senators Congresswomen, Congresswomen, Omar, what they call it, the five, the squad. Wicked. And they are spewing hate speech that if we got up and defended our faith like that, they would call us heretics and liars and full of hate. Listen to verse number two. We hanged our harps upon the willows. In the midst thereof, we hung our harps on the willows in the midst thereof. See, when you are, are in captivity, when you start going into captivity as a Christian, That means that you've listened to the enemy's voice. You've bought his lies. You've bought his bag of goods. You've been robbed of your fire. You've been robbed of your joy. You've been robbed of your peace. You don't, you're not energized to do anything for the kingdom. You fail to pray. You fail to get excited about church. Instead of saying, I'm glad when they say, let's go to the house of God, I said, oh, my God, I you mean I gotta go to church? Can't, you know, it's like I gotta do that. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I think Jesus deserves a little more than that. Amen. Well, you don't know how tired I am. I know the one thing. I know the more you say it, the tired you're gonna be. I'll tell you what. I'm tired of. I'm tired of our nation going to hell. I'm tired of idiots leading our nation. I'm tired of Christians that don't want to be Christian. I'm tired of people that don't want to get behind the things of God and push with everything they've got. I'm tired of people who always are spewing out something negative. I'm tired. We hung our harps on the willow tree. See that? Now, now listen to what I'm going to tell you. They hung their joy, they hung their happiness, they hung their peace, all that stuff on the willow trees. We call them weeping willows, don't we? Weeping willows. For there our captors, they that carried us away captive, required of us a song, and they that wasted us or oppressed us or tormented us, 
plundered us, caused us to doubt, greased us up with that grace, because that's what grace people do. You know what grace people do? They cancel everything. They're the worst canceled culture it is. Amen. Well, I'll cancel that church. I'll cancel that person. I'll cancel that preacher. You know why? You don't want to hear it. That's why. You're hard-headed. Paul has something to say about that. Unstable souls, not wanting to hear the truth, being turned to fables. Listen. See, when you're oppressed and tormented, when you're backslid, I said, when you're backslid, isn't it amazing how when you're backslid, you just drift toward the world because that's where you get your comfort because you're like the world. And you shun people that are on fire. That ought to be a great indicator. Man, I'm in trouble. I'm cold, apathetic, indifferent. I've got soap on my feet and I'm headed toward the wrong place. Come on. I'm backsliding. And they required of us mirth. They said required of us a song. And they said, how shall we sing the song of the Lord in a strange land? And this is what I had rise up on the inside of me. They had the answer all the time. I said they had the answer all the time. Dorothy, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Duh, duh, duh. There's no place like home. There's no place like the church. There's no place like the body of Christ. There's no place like Jesus being present in the midst of his people. They required of them a song and said, sing us one of those songs. The first thing they should have done is this, like Peter Cartwright did. said, I don't do nothing unless I pray first. And got down on their knees and say, oh, Jehovah, forgive us. We have sinned. We have sinned in the most horrible way. We have failed. We have rebelled. We have turned away from you, and we deserve to be where we are. But we ask you to forgive us and to wash us and to cleanse us. If they'd have started right there, things would have changed. But can you imagine that as those, those Babylonians that had captured them were taunting them, and asking them to sing a song, what would have happened on those Babylonian faces if they'd have did just that? Because if they'd have pulled a Paul and Silas, if they'd have lifted up their voice at the midnight hour, if they'd have begun to sing, oh God, how can you forget us? You can't forget us. It would be easier for you to forget your right hand. Oh God, then forget us. It would be easier for you, Father God in heaven, to just never even think of us at all. But Lord, we're written on your hands. We belong to you. We're your property. What would have happened if they'd have begun to sing and praise God? They'd have said, look, we might be in captivity. But we're not going to sit here and not give glory and honor to God. Our quickest way out of this is that we begin to praise him with everything on the inside of us. We're going to have to remember, has anybody here from Judah, if it is, get your praise on right now. And let's begin to praise our God. Come on, let's praise him for his mercy. Let's praise him for his goodness. Let's praise him that he's with us and on our side. Let's praise him that his mercy and that his mercy endures to all generations. Let's praise him. 
that we know that he can come and turn this thing around. We might begin to praise him enough that he might say, I promised you 70 years of captivity, but I think I'm about to change my mind because I want to see my glory upon my people and see them touched and changed in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine what would happen if, if across the universities of America, and it is happening in some places, you think just a few months back, where revivals were breaking out on some of these campuses, and now all hell is breaking out. Don't back down, body of Christ. Get up on your feet and begin to praise him and begin to magnify the God of heaven. Don't shrink back in the face of a demon God. It's time to rise. I said, it's time to rise up. It's time to arise, O body of Christ. Why in the world should we act as though something didn't happen on the campuses of the Lee University? And what was the name of the one that started at? Asbury University. How that that didn't happen in California and how that it didn't happen in these other places when the Holy Ghost began to move. Now's the time to rise up. You know what that was? That was the Holy Ghost saying, prepare, get ready for war. Don't quit praising me. Begin to magnify my name. There's a devil on the loose and he needs to be bound up. Come on, stand on your feet and praise him. Hallelujah! We bind kings and nobles with chains and fetters of iron. This is the heritage of the children of God, that we praise our God. Come on, that we praise him. That we praise him. Hallelujah! Somebody say that we praise him. Amen. your shout is powerful when you praise him devils run I want to tell you they flee because you're binding them up with chains the best thing to do right now is not agree with CNN or Fox or NSNBC or CBS not hunker down but to begin to praise God God show your glory Lord, you put that in the word in Psalm 137 that it was an example to people to know captivity is a dangerous place. Captivity is a dangerous place. You do not want to go there. You don't want to end up on the opposite side of God. Our nation needs to turn. Come on, our nation needs to turn. It starts with church. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. And it be, if it begins with us, where shall the sinner and the ungodly be? See, the church has got to get holy. The church has got to get sanctified. The church has got to move up in the heavenly realms. Come on, somebody. I'm calling out today for every child of God that has stepped back and is cold and is indifferent that you rise up and get to the altar and repent and get on fire for Jesus now in Jesus' name. Your nation needs you. 
This world needs you. Israel needs you. The church needs your prayers. It needs you to be present and not AWOL. Come on, somebody. Amen. See, it's important that we know. See, if they sound the trumpet and the trumpet didn't give a clear, a clear call, then they don't know the army's supposed to rally together to fight. It's time to understand who we are in Christ. I'm not going to be a casualty. If I die for my faith, hallelujah. What a great way to go. Amen. You can't die but once. If you're born again, you can't die but once. But you're going to get raised to life again. You get born twice. Somebody say hallelujah. You die once, you get born twice. And so today, it is so important. The weight of what we're talking about in America. Listen, if you're a governor, a lieutenant governor, a congressman, a senator, if you're a leader in any nation, a leader, we must repent to God and ask for mercy and ask for forgiveness. We can't put him and relegate him outside the building. We got to put him back in the, in, the, in the grade school. We have to put him in the nursery, kindergarten, preschool, elementary school. And we got, we have to raise up kids. I said, we got to raise up kids that will fight and die to share the love of God, not hate. That are on fire for Jesus, that hate sin, hate darkness, but love God and love humanity. See, that's the difference. If America doesn't get busy on that, we have had it. We've got to acknowledge God. Democratic platform, you need to get up this year and you need to put him at the head of your committee. Republicans, the same thing. Independents, the same way. So the first place we're going to start is on our knees and we command this whole body to bow right now on their knees. And let's pray to God. Let's pray to the God of heaven. That's the only thing that's going to save our nation is that we acknowledge our sin and turn from our sin and acknowledge God and his word. Let's put the word back in the schools. Let's put the word back in the libraries. Let's put the word back in every hand of every child through a Gideon Bible. And let's read John 3, 16 and 17. I mean, after all, what would you be afraid of for reading that verse? Wouldn't you want to know about a man that so loved you that he gave his life? Father, I pray right now, we need to fire to fall. We need to purify and sanctify and fire of God to fall upon us. God, we need, Father God, your, your holy, your holy presence. Your awe. God, we look to you, Father. Father, forgive us in the body of Christ for sinning against you. For what we have made church to be. And that we will not be our own worst enemy. 
but that we will align ourselves of your party, Jesus. Your way, your cross, your life. I pray today, God, that you'll move in our lives, Lord. God, help us today. Help us to wake up. Help us to wake up. Be people of prayer, people of prayer, people of the word. To, to be on fire right now, Lord Jesus. This morning, I want to give the altar call like this. If you're watching by stream or whether you're here present today, if you, if you, I think the first thing that we need to do is say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of every sin. Let's say that together. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of every sin. I gave my life to you, but I have sinned against you. You said that if I would repent and ask for forgiveness, that you would forgive and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you for my salvation. And I repent for the way that I've treated it. I ask you, give me a heart like yours. Give me a heart like yours. I want to be on fire. I want the fire of God. Baptize me in Holy Spirit. I want power to set the captive free, to be a voice, a clear voice in the midst of confusion. I ask you now, if there's anything that you can use in my life, use it. Use me. I need you. I can't live without you. I've got to have you. I must have your touch. I want to love you with all that is within me. Give me the capacity to love you more, stronger, and to stand. Lord, I ask that you will be the Lord of my life in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us right now, listen to what I'm going to tell you. I believe God is looking for fresh commitment. And what I mean by that, I mean God's looking for prayer warriors. There's not but one thing that's going to remove the confusion that's in the atmosphere from over this nation. That's us praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to miss a word. You got a, here you got a bunch of people that are saying, you know, uh, having seminars on cessation. The gifts of the Holy Ghost have not stopped. And they won't until Jesus gets done. Amen. I wonder sometime because wisdom and knowledge have been removed by and large. But those gifts are here to empower you and I to do the work of Jesus in this earth and to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Amen. So right now, in the name of the Lord, I want right where you're at, just, just, begin, just lift your hands to Jesus right now and just cry out to him. Say, Lord, fill me full. Overflow me with the Holy Spirit. I need that power today. Lord Jesus, I am desperate for you, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Sheba Rada Bashida Baba Baranatanda Era Kaela Kasora Banda Nanaya Shetea Lalamohoshe. We need you, God. 
We need you, God. We need you, God. Hey, hey. Oh, have your way, Holy Ghost. 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 Fire of God. Fire of God. Fill us up, fill us up, Lord. Make us ready for any battle. We do not wrestle against flesh or blood, but against the spiritual force. But our God, our God has given us the victory through His Son. We always triumph through His Son. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Everybody look up here. Everybody do that. You know what that means? Stop. Stay. Stay. Man, my Doberman used to know exactly what that meant. Stay. And he would stop. Sit. I believe I felt the Holy Ghost say, you need to do that to the enemy that's at work in Israel. You need to do that to the enemy that's at work in America. You need to do that to the enemy that's at work against your life. Stay. Stop it. Stop it. In the name of Jesus. I plead the blood 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 of Jesus. And I will not be silenced. I speak the name of Jesus. Stop it. Because that Antichrist devil cannot come until we're gone. And I don't want him in my nation. I don't want him in Israel working. And so I'm going to do what I'm called to do by Jesus in the Scripture. No! Whatever you shall bind on earth, whatever you shall permit, whatever you shall forbid, as the body in agreement shall be done of our Father who is in heaven. So take that stand when when you're praying. Tuesday night prayer meeting, Wednesday night when we come in here and pray, let's believe that. Amen. You know, I know that uh, I think Brother Perry had pulled aside. He's pulled aside for a few days seeking the Lord.
You know, he came off, went off the grid. And uh, I, I, I'm just telling you right now, we had no idea when we get scheduled this months back, months back, that we would be where we are today. And so I'm saying, you know, what a prophetic moment. And man, I'm telling you, I hope the, the glory of God hits this place and the prophets prophesy and the heavens are open. Amen. Listen, Perry's not the only voice. God, we need to hear from the prophets of God. We need to hear from God's voice. We need to hear him. Amen. And so today, be strong, be courageous. Remember the Lord your God, for he it is that goes before you. He has already won this battle. Your enemy fears his great name. So let his name burn upon your lips that when you go forth with a heart that's ablaze of the presence of the glory of God, that when you shout the name Jehovah or the name of Jesus, that you feel the enemy tremble and shake and quake at the presence of the Lord of all the earth because he is your God. He's your God. He's not somebody else's. He's your God. He's our God. He's our God. He's our God. And so he says, fear not, fear not, for I am with you. Amen? Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May lift his countenance to you, turn his face toward you, be gracious to you, and may the Lord grant you peace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You got something? Yeah, I just want to say from the entire church, and I, as I feel like some of them would like to do, I just want to say, Pastor, Pastor, 